Hello, and welcome back to the Growing Out Podcast. My name is Mallory, I am your host, and thank you so much for returning for episode three. Today we're going to discuss the question, why are we feeling burnt out? Before we get started, I just wanted to start this podcast a little differently. So if you will, I would like for you to close your eyes for a minute. Sit back, get comfortable, and let's walk through this story together. I want you to imagine yourself standing in the forest. The crisp autumn air tickles your nose as you look out onto hundreds of trees. The trees are swaying back and forth, dancing along to the melody of the wind. The sun is shyly hiding behind the clouds in the sky, and you hug yourself just a little tighter to feel some sort of warmth. You look down at your feet. The grass gently grazes your shoes as you find yourself walking deeper and deeper into the forest. The leaves are starting to change color. Deep greens find themselves fading into oranges and yellows and reds, and they remind you of a beautiful paint palette from your childhood art class. The birds are chirping from the branches above, singing songs of sorrow as they find food for the winter. A gray squirrel trots ahead of you on your path, rushing to find any last acorns for the day. You take a deep breath. The cold air stings your sinuses as you exhale, and a cloud of smoke escapes your lips. How do you feel? When I think of this story, I feel calm. I feel at peace. I feel hopeful. And when I actually find myself in a forest, I feel the same way, if not even better. I think it's normal to feel calm when you're in nature. When you go for a walk, it's like a mental reset for your day. And when you get some fresh air or some sun, you automatically feel better. You have a chance to clear your mind and address any physical symptoms of stress that you may have been feeling. Today, I wanted to talk about burnout in the context of nature deficit disorder, which is a term that a lot of us may have never heard before. But before we get to that, I think we should just simply define what burnout is. And I think a lot of us have experienced it before, but for the sake of professionalism, let's go over a simple definition. So burnout is a state of emotional, physical, and mental exhaustion caused by excessive and prolonged stress. It occurs when you feel overwhelmed or emotionally drained and unable to meet constant demands. So what exactly can this look like for people? I've come up with three different categories of symptoms and signs, being emotional, physical, and behavioral symptoms. So let's start with the physical symptoms. I think a lot of us know what this feels like, but just for simplicity's sake, burnout can feel like you're always fatigued or drained all the time, may feel like you have lowered immunity, and you might get sick frequently or feel sick frequently. This could also be a cause of just physical symptoms of anxiety or stress. You might get frequent headaches or muscle or joint pain, and you might experience a change in appetite or sleep habits. Some of the emotional symptoms can include a sense of failure or self-doubt, 
feeling helpless, trapped, defeated. You might feel very lonely or detach yourself from social situations or friends or family. You might feel unmotivated frequently or increasingly cynical and negative outlooks on life. And you might just experience a decreased satisfaction and sense of accomplishment overall. And finally, the behavioral signs. These can look like withdrawing from responsibility, isolating yourself from your friends and family, procrastinating, taking longer to get things done. For people who might have problems with addiction, this might look like using food, drugs, or alcohol to help cope with this feeling of burnout. You might be taking out your frustration on people around you or skipping work or coming in late and leaving early. I think a lot of us have been feeling burnt out lately, especially over the last one and a half to two years during the pandemic. I think with everything going online specifically, feeling isolated in our houses or stuck around the same people all the time, it was very easy to become burnt out because we didn't have any physical sense of escape by leaving the house. I know that as a student who's been taking online classes since March of 2019, I can get super overwhelmed and start to feel burnt out very easily. Especially right now going through midterm season, I know I'm not alone in that. There's actually times when I don't leave the house for like a week or so because I just feel like I have so many things to do on my to-do list. I feel like I can't even go out for a simple five-minute walk because heaven forbid those five minutes weren't used for school. And sometimes I feel like I can't even go grocery shopping because there's so many more important things to get done. So let's take a pause on the idea of burnout and redirect our attention to another very important term. This would be nature deficit disorder. So for those of you who do not know, nature deficit disorder is the idea that human beings, especially children, are spending less time outdoors and the belief that this change results in a wide range of behavioral problems. So this term was actually coined by an author and journalist, Richard Louvre. Um, So he's from America, he's uh, written over 10 books now, and his most notable book is called Last Child in the Woods, where he first talks about this idea of nature deficit disorder. I think it's important to disclose that nature deficit disorder is not a medical diagnosis. Um, It definitely has not gotten to that point of research yet, but Richard Louvre proposes that this can be a useful term or a metaphor, if you will, used to describe what many people believe are the human costs of alienation and isolation from nature. So what are the symptoms of nature deficit disorder? Richard Louvre proposes a list of a few, including diminished use of the senses, attention difficulties, higher rates of physical and emotional illnesses, including anxiety, depression, and stress, a rising rate of myopia, which is related to your uh, nearsightedness, child and adult obesity, vitamin D deficiency, and other illnesses. So I'm sure you're kind of sitting here going, how is this related to burnout? (laughs) And I would like to propose the idea that burnout and nature deficit disorder kind of go hand in hand. Oftentimes the symptoms of burnout are are related to heightened stress, anxiety, and depression, which are also symptoms of being isolated from nature. Obviously, nature deficit disorder presents a correlational experience, not a causal experience, but if being outside in nature has such a positive impact on our mental and physical health, I think it's super important for us to understand this in the context of burnout. 
While a lot of us may be feeling burnt out or overwhelmed from school or work, I think we're also feeling overwhelmed because we just aren't letting ourselves go outside and spend time in nature. I'm going to say something a little bit controversial here. I know that everybody has their own ideas of how humans evolved and came to be, um, whether you believe that is from a otherworldly god or evolution or however you see that. I think uh, none of us can deny that the matter that humans are made up of is the same matter that all other living things are made up of. Scientists propose that we are all made of stardust, which I think is a beautiful way to look at ourselves and can be very poetic and spiritual in itself. But obviously we're all made up of carbon and oxygen and nitrogen and water and those very um, minuscule molecules that we all know about. So we can't deny that just as much as a plant might need sunlight or water to survive or an animal might need fresh air or water to survive, so do humans because we are just another species walking this earth. So if we're going to look at that analysis, it is not a shock to me why we are feeling so burnt out all the time because we are not spending enough time getting the natural elements and things that we need from nature. I think we spend so much time isolating ourselves from the idea that we are just another species, the idea that we are no greater or less than any of the other species on the earth, that um, we are denying ourselves the basic things we need to live healthily and happily. It can sound stupid, but when someone tells you to get some fresh air, we don't realize just how beneficial that can be. I know that whenever I'm sick, my parents or grandparents will be like, oh, go get some fresh air, go for a walk. If I'm feeling stressed, that is the first thing my mom tells me to do. And I always kind of brush it off because I never realize um, how factual and important just getting fresh air is. But I actually took the time to do a little bit of research and find some scientific evidence for why this is so important for us. So according to a research article published in the journal Environmental Psychology from 2010, it has been proven that spending time in fresh air surrounded by nature increases energy in 90% of people. So this article proposes that while some of us might reach for a cup of tea or a cup of coffee or an energy drink, what we should really be doing is just spending five to 10 minutes every morning sitting outside on our balcony or our front porch or in our backyard, just doing some deep breaths, and experiencing the impact that fresh air can have on our bodies and our minds. Research has also shown that you should quite literally stop to smell the flowers, which I think is really funny because, you know, you don't really think about this, but flowers such as lavender and jasmine can help to lower anxiety, and the smell of pine trees has proven to decrease stress and increase relaxation. And obviously, if you don't have these specific um, flowers or plants around, even just the smell of fresh cut grass or rain can help people to distress. This was suggested by anthropologist Diana Young in the University of Queensland in Australia. She did research into the correlation, stating that the smell of rain or smell of fresh cut grass is associated with the color green for many people. And this color makes us think about growth and improvement, which is a positive thing to expect from ourselves. She calls this idea cultural synesthesia, 
which is the blending of different sensory experiences on a society-wide scale due to evolutionary theory, which is such a cool idea that I personally want to look more into. So both social and natural scientific research can support the mental and physical benefits of spending time in nature. I actually made a post not long ago about the idea of grounding, which I will share on my story as this podcast goes up. And grounding is basically, in casual terms, just reintroducing your energy and reconnecting your energy with the physical energy of the earth. So the ways you can do this is by, you know, taking off your socks and just putting your bare feet on sand or grass or running your hands through a stream or something natural. It helps you to focus solely on that experience and just reconnecting with nature in that calming way has been proven to help people with stress and anxiety. There's also research coming out that this can help with cardiovascular diseases, which I think is so cool. Um, But obviously I don't want to take away from the fact that practices such as grounding have physical roots in cultures such as the First Nations peoples um, who've promoted this idea and the benefits of living amongst nature for as long as time has gone. Obviously, this is now just being proven by the Western idea of scientific research, which is definitely very far behind on the idea of grounding and the positive impacts of nature on our bodies and our minds. So it's very interesting when you sit back and you think about the idea of burnout and its relationship to nature and um, just how important it is to live a sustainable lifestyle in the sense of practicing good habits for yourselves. When I was researching ideas for this episode, I watched a few interviews with Richard Louv, who created the idea of nature deficit disorder, and he said something that I found very interesting. He said, quote, most people interpret sustainability as only being energy efficiency, end quote which is very true. I think a lot of people sit back and when they hear the word sustainability, the first thing they think of is, you know, how can I live an eco-friendly life? How can I reduce my waste? How can I recycle better? You know, what kind of light bulbs or car should I get to make less of an impact on the environment? But living a sustainable lifestyle is not just about climate change or even the environment itself. Living a sustainable lifestyle is also about building habits that promote your mental and physical health throughout your life. It's about dealing with burnout and identifying how you may be impacted by nature deficit disorder. And obviously, both of these things play huge roles in living a sustainable lifestyle. So I propose that we need to find new ways to connect with nature so that one, we don't lose our empathy for it, but two, We don't lose ourselves. So if you've taken anything away from today's episode, I hope it is this. Spend time outside. That is one simple way to live a sustainable lifestyle. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoyed it, please like, please follow my everything account on Instagram and leave a comment with your thoughts. I would love to discuss further. I will see you in the next episode. Just wanted to acknowledge some of the sources I used for today's podcast. The first being helpguide.org, 
I used Berkeley Greater Good Magazine, Journal of Environmental Psychology, Smithsonian Magazine, The Book for Earth's Sake by Stephen Sharper, and a YouTube video from NPR News interviewing Richard Louvre.